no WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others, it makes them bleed deeper and something larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized. Those were the parting words of the ultimate warrior to the fans from Raw on Monday night. And we here at Live at the Armory want to keep the ultimate warrior's family, his friends, the extended wrestling community in our thoughts and in our prayers. Ultimate warrior, thank you very much for the memories. Thank you very much for what you did for the wrestling business. Speed to you. Folks, it's Wednesday night. That means that you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. My name is Bunkhouse Bob. I am your co-host. Joining me shortly will be the other co-host, the lovely Lady Laura. Folks, tonight in the 8 o'clock hour, our guest, go, our guest ho, host, da, da, da. see, I've been off the air for a week and I can't talk. Our special guest will be Warren Wolf, a.k.a. Wolfie D, or some of you may know him as the Lycan Assassin. Our studio number is 213-816-1605. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our Twitter address is at FromTheArmory. Folks, I wanted to thank both Laura and George Coles uh, for the great job they did this past week while I was away. And what turned out to be the longest show in live armory, history, maybe perhaps in the history of blog talk radio. Uh, Somewhere at the two-hour and 58-minute mark, blog talk radio decided to stop recording abruptly. Um, What I think this really means is that blog talk got as fed up as I did at that two-hour and 58-minute mark of recording uh, Laura's ramblings about Caleb Conley. Um, But that's a whole other story. And speaking of (laughs) lovely Laura... Here she is, folks. Laura, how are you? Hey, Bob. I am super. I'm glad you're back. Yes, I'm um, glad that I'm I wanna, back as well. I want to tip my hat to you. You do a lot of stuff when you're running the board. I never realized how much went into it. Um, but um, I, I do want to make mention of something that I wasn't the only one talking about Caleb Conley on the show Uh George talked about Caleb Conley, uh, Mr. Sleeve talked about Caleb Conley, and even the Tommy Thomas talked about Caleb Conley. So I just want to throw that out there that I wasn't the only one talking about it. It sounds like a giant sausage party is what it sounds like, minus you. Thanks a lot, George Coles. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mr. Sleeve. Thanks a lot, Tommy Thomas. Thank you. Uh, in all seriousness, folks, um, when I did get back and I, and I got to listen to the, uh, I got to listen to the program, uh, and I looked at our Twitter feed and I got to look at, at, at a lot of Laura's posts and, and posts people replied uh, to her. Uh, a lot of fans sent us several messages about that Tommy Thomas interview, uh, saying that it was the most honest and open interview that they had heard in a podcast in a long, long time. And the really good news is is that we have Tommy scheduled to come back on the show in July. Yes. And hopefully we'll, what we'll do is we'll allot some more time for him. Um, or we will, 
you know, hopefully get to uh, all those good questions that uh, that we weren't able to get to during the last interview. And I think I know who this is on the phone right now. 864, you're on with Live from the Armory. Hey, Bob. How are you? Uh, you. <sighs> How you doing, Mr. Sleeve? I'm doing good uh, and ready to hear your adventures of WrestleCon and WrestleMania, which I think you're the bad luck charm because Undertaker didn't lose until you go to a WrestleMania. Well, you know, I'm going to make mention of that, Eric. I will make mention of that, Eric. The Undertaker may be 21 and 1, but we here at Live from the Armory are 14 and 0. Okay? That is true. That's true. 14 weeks. (laughs) Straight up the charts, number one with a bullet. So, but I will talk about I will talk about that match. I'll talk about more about specifically after the match. But uh, yeah, we've got I've got some good stories for y'all. Uh, in case y'all didn't know, I, I was at WrestleCon and I was at WrestleMania uh, in New Orleans this past weekend. Got a lot of a really cool stories, some funny, and uh, just some of the uh, the sights and sounds from New Orleans, folks. If you've never been on Bourbon Street. I can tell you that Bourbon Street is, uh, it, it smells like three things, Laura. Beer. It sure does. I've been on Bourbon Street, yes. Beer, vomit, and piss. That's yep. what Bourbon Street um, is in about. In that order. In that order. In that order. Yeah. It, in it, that order. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So we, uh, we ventured down Bourbon Street for about, oh, I don't know, a block and a half. And I saw all I needed to see. That wasn't my first time in New Orleans, though. But at any rate, at any rate, folks, we've got a really good show. Eric, you going to stick around and listen? Oh yeah, real quick. Caleb Conley, Caleb yes. Conley, Caleb Conley. Uh, forget this. I Goodbye, love Eric. You, please, I love no, you. No, you don't love him. Shut up. God, there he goes. Caleb Conley, Caleb Conley, Caleb Conley. I've got a good story about Caleb Conley too. I, I got a little issue with Mr. Conley, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, folks, we've well, got a lot. I just wanted to say that I, tweet, Go ahead. I tweeted out about me talking about Caleb Conley, and um, yeah. he just favored it. So I just wanted to let you know that. You were just bursting at the seams to let me know that, weren't you? That couldn't wait, could it? <laughs> no, we of, of everything that's happened over the course of the last four or five days, that had to be right there at the top. Huh? <laughs> at any rate. Yeah, I'm sorry. Folks, we've. Uh, yeah, I know. We've got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Our studio line, 213-816-1605, again, in the 8 o'clock hour. Warren Wolf, you may know him from PG-13. Uh might know him as Cerebus, the Lycan Assassin from TCW. Former WWE talent, ECW talent, wrestled in TNA. Uh, he'll be with us here coming up very shortly. And we're going to run through some upcoming indie events that are uh, – that are going to be happening this weekend. Laura, you want to kick us off? Sure do. Let's talk about Shimmer, 63 and 64. Saturday, April 12th, 65 and 66. Sunday, April 13th, uh, Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois. 2 p.m. bell time on Saturday, 1 p.m. bell time on Sunday. No card info as of show times, but I'm sure they'll get that up. You know how Shimmer uh, puts on a great show. I'm sure it'll be great. And most of the time, they wait till the last minute, usually for whatever right. reason to put it up or put it out as a flyer. And there just wasn't anything more available as of airtime. But uh, doing a double taping that weekend. Um, 
AAW Wrestling, Friday, April 11th, again at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois, 7.45 bell time. Still waiting on uh, card information for that, but I did see a post from Jessica Havoc that Heidi Lovelace and Athena are going to face uh, Navia and Jessica Havoc on that card. You can find out all the information uh, for that show at www.aawrestling.com. Awesome. Uh, Ultimate Championship Wrestling, Friday, April 11th, Buckhorn School Gym in Buckhorn, Kentucky, the 7.30 bell time scheduled to appear. Stevie King, John Noble, Mr. USA, the Boogie Woogie Boy, Gary Valiant, son of Jimmy Valiant, and others. Uh, Info for uh, tickets and whatnot, uh, www.ucwkywrestling, all one word, um, IWF Wrestling, Saturday, April the 12th, Mill Creek Civic Center in Chesterfield, Indiana. Bell time is 7 p.m. Uh, this is another new promotion for us, so I thought I would give them a shout-out and put it out there. If there are any listeners yeah. that are familiar with this incarnation of IWF Wrestling out of uh, the Indiana area, please give us a uh, shout on our Facebook page or on our uh, on our Twitter account, and let us know what you know about that particular promotion. Heck, yeah. The more, the more promotions we know about, the better off. Um, we've got Pro Wrestling Express, Crossfire, Saturday, April 12th, PWX WrestlePlex in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. This is not the PWX that we talk about uh, in North Carolina. Scheduled to appear is Seth Allen, Patrick Hayes, Ryan Rain, Brittany Force, and many others. You can find all that info at www.pwxwrestling.org. O-R-G. Uh, let's see. New Era Wrestling presents Axe Handle Autism, uh, because if I remember right, this month is Autism Awareness Month. Am I right in that, Laura? You are, Bob. You are. Yeah. Uh, This is Saturday, April the 12th, Senior Citizens Neighborhood Community Center in, I know I'm going to mispronounce this, Scully Kill Haven, Pennsylvania, 5 p.m. bell time, scheduled to appear. This is the only star that I could could find on the flyer. Scheduled to appear, former WWE, ECW, and TNA star Rhino, many others. Uh, Proceeds from this show will benefit Autism Speaks, so if you are in that area on Saturday, the April the 12th, check out New Era Wrestling. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to talk a little bit about our good friends at Milestone Wrestling. They've got a big card coming up this Saturday, April 12th, at the Hickory National Guard Armory in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, Bell time is 8 p.m. Doors usually open about an hour before, give or take. Um, I'm trying to get the... um, the card up on my phone. Um, the main event pits the Smash Mouth champion Colt 45 against our good friend uh, Terry Houston. Uh, I know there's other uh, matches on the card, but for some reason it just won't pull up on my phone. Um, so if you go to uh, the Facebook page of Milestone Wrestling, that is R A S S I L I N. Um, you should be able to get all that. And like I said, for some reason, I cannot um, get that to pull up. Um, but um, 
I did want to mention something real quick I did not get to talk about uh, and had promised a good friend that we would talk about it. I just wanted to mention real quick, um, XWW had a great card uh, a couple weekends ago. Uh, I'll just run through a couple of uh, matches. I know that uh, the main event was Severoth. He retained his XWW heavyweight title against the Stroh and Mitch Hurley. Uh, match ended in no contest. Um, Panda beat uh, Jason Cross by disqualification. Anybody that's got a, a, a wrestler named Angry Panda, I, I want to go. I can't wait to go to an XWW uh, show. Um, Justin Fireball successfully defended his XWW hardcore title against Dante Double of Double Vision. Um, since we're a little short on time, that's all I'll go into, but um, Milestones event is this Saturday at the Hickory National Guard Armory. Like I said, you can go on their Facebook page, just search for Milestone Wrestling, and uh, you'll find out everything about it. Uh, CZW, Best of the Best 13. This is Saturday, April the 12th. I believe the bell time is 8 p.m. This is going to be from the Flyer Skate Zone in Voorhees, New Jersey. It's available on iPay-Per-View at uh, CZWIPay-Per-View.com. Scheduled to appear, oh, God, Caleb Conley, <laughs> Chuck Taylor, A.R. Fox, Drake Younger, Shane Strickland, Tommy Dreamer, and more. Uh, I looked over the brackets, okay, for this, for the best of the best uh-huh. 13. And as much <clears throat> as I hate to say it, it is very possible that Caleb Conley could walk out with the title best of the best for CZW. It's very, it's very possible. So I'll be very interested to see how that pans out this weekend. Again, if you want to watch it on iPay-Per-View, you can go to czwipayperview.com. The CWF Hollywood, um, which is Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, has a taping on Sunday, April 13th at the Oceanside Pavilion and Port. You do this to me every time. You well, I would every- figure after 14 weeks, Laura, you would know how to pronounce the name of the town. <laughs> I have no clue. Port Huitame, uh, we'll just say that, California. 3 p.m. bell time, come see all the stars of CWF. Willie Mack, love Willie Mack. Uh, P. Prey, Johnny Yuma, Kaylee Sutton and the Sutton family, good friends of ours. Stu Stone, another good friend of ours. Matt Stryker and many more. All the info can be found at www.hollywoodwrestling.com. Pro Wrestling Syndicate presents the Scott Epstein Memorial Event. This is Sunday, April 13th from the Garfield Boys and Girls Club in Garfield, New Jersey. 12 o'clock bell time. This event is hosted by uh, legendary wrestling writer Bill Apter. Scheduled to appear Ivan Koloff, Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas, Super Destroyer 1, Jay Lethal, Tommy Dreamer, Brian XL, and there is a whole list of other people that will be here. For those of you that are not familiar with Scott Scott Epstein, uh, Mr. Epstein worked in the wrestling industry uh, for more than four decades as a writer, uh, photographer, publicist, and an agent. Sadly, he passed away as a result of a car accident in December of 2013, and uh, he will be truly missed. Cash donations are being accepted at the event uh, to benefit the Epstein family. So if you are in the Garfield, New Jersey area, I am more than certain that this is a show that you do not want to miss from Pro Wrestling Syndicate. 
No, and, and what a you know nice thing for them to do. Seriously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Elite Championship Wrestling this Sunday, April 13th, at the East Park Recreation Center in Homa, Louisiana. Close to you. 5 p.m. bell yes. time. Scheduled to appear. John Saxon, Steve Anthony, Tim Storm, Andy Dalton, and others. Um, info can be found at www.elitechampionshipwrestling.com. And announced this week um, is that um, Elite Championship Wrestling has now partnered with the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, we've talked about this before, haven't we, uh, Bob? It's, um, it's yeah, we the, have. It's the significance or the relevance of the NWA, you know, it, is it there anymore? Well, you know, and the more that I'm starting to think about this, the more that I see uh, or have seen in the last six months a very big push by the uh, the body that is calling themselves the NWA to garner some more of these uh, uh, smaller promotions, if you will, uh, like Smoky Mountain Wrestling and now Elite Championship Wrestling. There's also NWA out of Texas um, that I know had a show a couple weeks ago. And I think that there's a movement to try to bring back, uh, I'm looking for the right word, I, I want to say some legitimacy back to the NWA name. Um, because, you know, as our friend George Coles had told us and, and some others have told us, it's it's like a buy-in affiliation now. And I think what they're looking for is they're trying to find some promotions to, uh, you know, to get the NWA, NWA name back out towards the forefront and maybe be able to do what they did in, in past years and have a traveling set of champions to go to different territories to defend, which I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Um, time will tell, you know, if it's, really, if it's really going to work or not. I guess it really depends on what promotions they allow to carry the NWA name. If the promotion is a bad promotion and fans feel like, you know, that it's a ripoff, then it, it will be over like a flash in the pan. Uh, if the promotions are decent and the shows are good, then, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, that that's what my, think, my thinking is on it, Laura. I tend to agree with you. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it was um, the elite of the elite back in the day, but um, I'm not so sure about it now. Uh, it's going to take some more time, and it's going to take some more territories and some other promotions to get on board with it. Uh, if it's successful at all, we'll see. I mean, uh, NWA still has a prominent name recognition overseas, um, but and we've talked about this in the past too, is that uh, wrestling overseas and wrestling here in the United States, two totally different things from mm-hmm. fans' perspective – from promotion, from style, to the way that it's regarded, uh, held in a much higher esteem in certain areas of Europe and Japan than it is here in the United States. So time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, especially in uh, Japan because, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but they probably do, that the the streamers at Ring of Honor (coughs) come come from Japan. That's where they got that from. And um, I did want to report before you get into your WrestleCon and WrestleMania that um, at Sassy Angel 
just told me, just tweeted, and said, this is how you pronounce that name, Port <laughs> Waname. Waname. So thank you so much, Waname. Thank you so much, Tina Keys. I appreciate it. That almost is kind of reminiscent <laughs> of the name of Kamoni Wanaleyu that was with ECW <laughs> for some time. So yes. <laughs> I decided to throw that out there. No relevance at all. No well, you never know. Uh, <laughs> folks, if you uh, you were with us last week, you know that I was I was not on the air. Uh, I traveled to New Orleans with my son, and we went uh, originally had had planned on going to Disco to WrestleMania, uh, and we ended up at the last minute uh, going, and and I bought tickets for WrestleCon as well. And boy, am I glad that I did. Um, we got down to New Orleans on uh, on Saturday, and uh, I went and was able to uh, to meet with some friends uh, and have lunch. Uh, and these friends that uh, that I met with uh, work for a I want how can I put this? They work for a major televised promotion. We'll put it this way: they work okay. for the the largest major televised promotion in the United States. Uh, And some people will say, well, you know, why don't you just come out and say it? You know, and if if you're such good friends with such certain people, then why don't you tell us about this or why don't you tell us about that? Let me tell you the little bit that I know about being involved in the wrestling business and and being involved uh, with this program. And, And Laura and I have talked about this on air and we've talked about this off-air. We have garnered a trust here at Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. And part of that trust is is that, uh, all jokes aside, I do not name drop. Uh, I do not, if something is said to me in confidence, I do not break that confidence. I do not break that trust. Because we do not run a dirt sheet show here. Uh, we're not going to report on whether or not CM Punk picked his nose at 12 o'clock midnight, the night of WrestleMania. You know, we, we just don't do I that. I that he did. Yeah, he may have. Uh, we just don't do that here. You know, uh, we have a reputation to maintain. I have a reputation to maintain. And my word is my honor. If I tell you that you tell me something in confidence and I say to you that it goes no further than me, then it goes no further than me. And that's just the way that it works. If you're looking for that kind of show, there are a ton of them on Blog Talk Radio. You can go on and log off and go find it because you're not going to hear it here. But with that being said, it was very it was very good to, to be able to sit down with friends, and we talked about the state of the wrestling business now. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, just, just a lot of different things. Uh, had, had a very good time with them, pointed out a few things that they should, you know, might want to see while they were in New Orleans. Um, while I was there, I was uh, offered tickets to go to this promotion's um, access event uh, where you can go uh, see wrestlers and, and go see, uh, you know, get signings and autographs and go see uh, their talent uh, program. Uh, and uh, I, w- I wanted to thank them, uh, and I thank them publicly on, on, on my social media accounts. Uh, my son and I had a wonderful time, and I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, thank you again for, for your uh, gratitude and your graciousness and, 
and, and all that. We, uh, I really appreciate the uh, the hospitality. Uh, that being said, we uh, we went on and uh, made our way over to the uh, convention center where the uh, WWE had set up their shop zone and the access center and uh, or the access area and all that good stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Laura, there were lines for lines. Um, when, a lot of times when, when a lot of times when we talk on the show and we, we refer to the WWE as the machine, folks, mm-hmm. I can tell you if you've never been to a WrestleMania or if you've never been to a large pay-per-view event, uh, and of course WrestleMania being the biggest one of them all, you have no idea the scale that the WWE operates on unless you go to an event like WrestleMania. It is a small city of humanity. Uh, (laughs) Just merchandise galore, lines galore, people, you know, pushing, scraping, clawing to get a look, a glimpse, a picture, a wave of anybody or anything. So... You know, it uh, it was it was very. I had been to another WrestleMania, so I I kind of knew what to expect. But uh, there were a lot of people there. Um, we went into the shop zone and, and got a couple things, and then WrestleCon was being held right across the street at the Sugar Mill uh, in New Orleans, uh, which is basically mm-hmm. it's just a, a, an open building. Uh, but I had already pre-bought tickets for it, so I had to go to Will Call to pick them up. We had third-row tickets. I, I up-bought and got third-row seats for the event. So I walk in, Laura. We get our tickets, and I walk in, and right off the bat, good friend and uh, former uh, guest on the show, Luke Hawks, is standing there. Standing awesome. there with Yes, he's standing there with Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. And oh, man. I walk up to uh, to Luke, and uh, Luke turns and you know says, "Just one second. And he says something to to Kaz or something like that. And he turns around and he said, "Hi, Bob. How are you?" And I said, "Good, Luke. How are you?" And shook his hand. And he said, uh, "Do you know Frank and Chris?" And I said, "No, I don't believe we've ever met." And uh, you know, I stuck oh, out my hand, and he said, "Hi, I'm Frankie Kazarian." I said, "Hi, I'm Bob Delph. How are you?" And uh, same thing with Christopher Daniels, and. Uh, you know, I said, you know, it's nice to meet you. And uh, I looked at uh, Kaz, and I said, uh, will you guys be around for, for pictures later? And he goes, yeah, probably. And I said, well, you know, that's good if you are, and if you aren't, you know, it's not a big deal. I said, uh, I'll catch up with you later. i got people i got to see. And uh, the look on Kaz's face was oh. priceless. It's like, uh, who in the F is this guy? You know, who is this guy? <laughs> You know, but, you know, I'm not going to sit around and oh. wait for him to, you know, walk in the bathroom. You know, and, you know, i got things i got to do, Laura. I'm at WrestleCon. I'm not going to stand around and wait on them, not too. I can be there all night. You. you know, so he gives me to look like, okay, nice to see a high roller come through. So I, uh, <laughs> I, make, my way over to, I make my way over to the table, and uh, lo and behold, who do I see but our good buddy freight train. So I walked up Choo-choo. the freight train. Exactly, and I said, Freight Train, how you doing? He goes, I'm good. And I said, I'm Bunkhouse Bob. And he goes, I thought that was you. And we started talking. We talked for a little bit. He asked how you were. I told him, you know, it was was good to finally meet him and get to talk to him. And standing uh, right beside of him was was Zane Riley, 
So I walked over to Zane. I said, hi, Zane. I'm Bunkhouse Bob. He goes, man, I know who you are. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool, you know. <laughs> so we talked for a little bit and, you know, uh, got a picture or two with him. And walking up right beside of him was Michael Elgin from Ring of Honor. So we oh, stopped Michael over to Michael great. Elgin, said hello, Michael, you know, told him, you know, I liked his, you know, liked his work. I I wanted to tell, I wanted to call him uh, what George Coles calls him, what is it, Uncle Mikey, you know, the uh, the mullet deal. Yeah, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't have the heart to do it. So no, we, you don't make we exchanged mad. some. No, we exchanged some pleasantries, and then uh, lo and behold, who did I see sit up over at the table? None other than Cliff Compton. <laughs> Cliff Compton, your boy Cliff. Oh, my boy Cliff. Oh, your boy Cliff. So, you know, folks, if you've mm. ever been to an event like this, you're going to find out that most of the time the wrestlers will charge like five bucks for a picture, you know, something like that, or they have eight by tens to sell or, you know, DVD shirts, whatever. And I had already been charged five bucks by a couple people for a picture. So, you know, I expect it. It's not a big deal. I'm more than happy to do it. You know, if it's something that, you know, a person I really want to get a picture with. So I walk up to Cliff Compton, I, I, I introduce myself and he goes, Hey, you know, aren't I scheduled to? And I'm like, uh, Oh wait, you know, I can't talk about that on air. Well, I just kind of did. Yeah, folks, that's right. Cliff Compton will be coming up on our show very, very soon, so you don't want to miss that one. Yes, you will. Um, yes, I can't wait. So we talked about it. I said, hey, Cliff, you know, do you mind if I get a picture for promotional reasons? And he goes, well, you know, i got to charge you, Bob. I'm like, oh, okay, I understand, Cliff. I said, what is it, five bucks? He goes, <laughs> no, the, the promoter says that i got to charge ten. So I've he's already got an car. issue with Cliff Compton that I'm going to have to bring up to him. I mean, he's shystering me for 10 bucks. <laughs> well, so Cliff, I if you're listening, sure, Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. If you're listening, Cliff, I know you charged me five extra, okay? Not a big deal. So I end up picking up a little present for Laura while I'm there, and I get a picture with Cliff Compton. So. Oh, I can't wait, can't wait. I love Cliff Compton. So we get to we get to speak with Cliff Compton, and uh, then I walked over and I met Drew Gulag, who is the CZW Heavyweight Champion. And folks, I can tell you that uh, a lot of times we don't give CZW the proper credit that it deserves on the show. A lot of times it's dismissed, uh, you know, because of such things as Tournament of Death and Cage of Death as being nothing more than a gore promotion. But what I can tell you is this. Of the people that I met at WrestleCon, and I met several people, the people that I met, I will tell you 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that Drew Gulag, probably the biggest class act that I met there that night. He sat and took time to talk to me about the history of CZW, the history of the CZW championship, what his goals were in CZW, uh, that he actually wrestled at WrestleCon Hurt. I can tell you that he had a uh, separated shoulder from a show the night before oh, wow. and still wrestled at WrestleCon. Uh, and an absolute class act. So if you're not paying, and after having watched him wrestle, if you're not paying attention to who Drew Gulag is, you should be. Because it's only a matter of time for this guy. 
Only a matter of time. He's good. I, I, I watched him in Evolve, or Evolve and um, Dragon Gate. I watched those two pay-per-views over the weekend, and yeah, yeah he can go. Yeah, and he, he'll be gobbled up pretty soon. I, if he's not, I'll be really surprised. So I I talked with him, snapped a photo with him, and then I hopped over and I talked to a hometown hero and legend around these parts, Cassidy Riley, uh, one half of the tag team, the Hot Shots, with Chase Stevens, who was on the card that night. And I talked to him about wrestling in our area. And uh, hopefully, uh, according to Cassidy, he will be bringing another show back to our area here in the uh, Monroe, West Monroe, Northeast Louisiana region. He'll be bringing a show back in here. He said sometime either July or in September, one of the two. So I was I was glad to hear that. I was hoping for two shows this year, but it kind of seems like there's only going to be one, which, you know, I'll take what we can get. But uh, it was very good to talk to him. Um, we, uh, we went and uh, outside and listened to Marty DeRosa and Colt Cabana do part of their podcast slash comedy show. Uh, two very awesome. funny entertaining guys Colt Cabana was hilarious I had never really paid that much attention to Colt Cabana other than you know just what he's done in wrestling and and you know not really listen to his show a whole lot um very very funny guy very funny guy um we went back inside uh folks I'd love to sit here and tell you a match by match breakdown of the entire night of WrestleCon here's what I'm going to tell you if you have never been to WrestleCon and you have the opportunity, go. You will not regret it. Probably some of the best wrestling that I have ever seen was at WrestleCon. I can tell you the two matches that stood out for me that night was the opening match, which uh, had former guest of this show and good friend of mine, Cedric Alexander, versus Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee. And that match got a standing ovation and a this is awesome chant 10 minutes in. I mean, this match was by far one of the best wrestling matches I have ever seen live. The second I match. I get to see them wrestle at PWX, and they're great. Yes. Absolutely. That unbelievable second best match had to be Kevin Steen versus Masato Tanaka. And what had to have been the hardest-hitting, physically brutal match that I've ever been a part of. And we're not talking about barbed wire boards and, you know, all that other stuff that can get involved. I'm just talking about pure physicality. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So uh, there were a ton of people on the card. Uh, Luke Hawks wrestled. Tommy Dreamer wrestled, Steve Carino wrestled, Matt Stryker wrestled, Jeff Jarrett wrestled, Adam Pierce wrestled. I could go wow. on and on and on and on. If you have the opportunity to go to WrestleCon, go to a WrestleCon. You will not you will not you will not regret it. I did have a chance to holler at Jake Manning before the match started. Uh he wrestled um he wrestled that night in a mixed tag against Joey Ryan. Uh, I did not want to bother him because he was helping set up uh, a lot of the video equipment and so on and so forth, but I did get to meet Jake Manning. Folks, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, oh, gosh. 
there are two pictures that I keep in my phone from uh, more than two, but two from back in the day. Some 15 years ago, I was fortunate enough to go to one of the last ECW house shows that came around the Columbus, Ohio area where I was living at the time. And I got to watch a young Steve Carino, and I got to watch Tommy Dreamer wrestle that night. Um, during the and at that, I think it was just incredible. Was the ECW champion at that time? And uh, after that particular match between Just Incredible and Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer handed me the ECW shirt that he was wearing, handed it to me, and, and walked oh, wow. out of the arena. Yeah, I kept that shirt. And I have kept that shirt for the last 15 years. It's been hanging up in my closet. I wore that shirt to WrestleCon, and if you look on my Facebook page or if you look on my Twitter account, you'll see the shirt that I'm talking about. So Steve Carino is there, and I walked up to Steve Carino, and I showed him the picture that him and I took some 15 years ago standing at the, out back of the alley of the Newport Music Hall where this event was taking place at. And I told him, you know, I told him the story of meeting him 15 years ago, and I said, you know, I don't want to make you feel old, as his, I have to presume, 17, 18, 19-year-old son is standing beside of him. And I show him the picture, and he goes, oh, my God. He goes, man, were we young? And I said, yes, we were. And I said, you know, I got to watch you then, and, and I'm getting to watch you now. You know, could we take an updated picture? And he said, man, it would be great if we could do that. Another class oh, wow. act, Steve, Steve Carino. So I'm hanging out. His his little table is right beside the RF video table. And I heard Rob Feinstein say, Tommy Dreamer will be here around 8 or 9 o'clock. And I thought, man, you know, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can see him, you know. So we're watching the matches, and my son had heard it as well and kept standing up and looking and looking. And finally he taps me on the shoulder and he said, Dad, Tommy Dreamer's back there. So I said, well, let's go back there. So I go back there, and Luke Hawks is standing back there with Tommy Dreamer, and Luke turns around and says, hey, Bob, how, you know, you enjoy the show? And I said, yeah, Luke, it's great. You know, I'm glad that we, you know, we drove and this, that, and the other. And I said, if I don't get a chance to see you again, you know, thanks for a great show, and, you know, I hope, you know, hope you have a great success, you know, the rest of the night and, and so on and so forth. And Tommy Dreamer walks up to me. And I told oh him, I, I said, Mr. Dreamer, I said, there's something that, he said, do you want a picture? And I said, I wanted to tell you a story first. And I told him, I said, the shirt that I'm wearing you gave me 15 years ago, and I showed him the picture that my friend had snapped behind of me as he handed me the shirt. And I said, I've been keeping this shirt all these years in the hopes that I can meet you again. And he looked at me, and he That's said, awesome, Bob. He said, well, thanks for keeping it all these years. Let's take a picture together. And, folks, if you haven't seen the picture of me, uh, the only thing that I can tell you is that in my entire life, that was probably my biggest mark-out moment, if you want to call it that. I would just prefer to – I refer – I would rather call it probably my biggest fan moment. You know, to stand beside of a guy that 15 years earlier had taken the shirt off of his back and handed it to me, all because I carried a sign into the Newport Music Hall that night 
that said, I paid to see Tommy Dreamer. So I got a picture with him. I shook his hand. I thanked him. He took a picture with my son. Uh, my WrestleCon experience, folks, 100% over-the-top, pure joy. Everything I've told you is true. Everything I've told you is true. If you have not had the opportunity to WrestleCon. Wow, and you, you know, might get a second chance to meet him at WrestleCade if, if you know, he comes to WrestleCade again. That Two would be the year, hope. Bob, think about that. That would be the hope. That would you be know, the hope. Uh, uh, talking about Dreamer, uh, George Coles always says that if he ever meets Tommy Dreamer, he's going to be like, Hi, 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 Mr. Dreamer, I'm your biggest fan. So, I was smiling. I just see that. I was standing beside of him, and I knew I was smiling, but it was like my face was frozen. I could not get that yeah, you stupid, childish, silly-ass grin. It's like I told you before, airtime. It reminded me of, of Ralphie from A Christmas Story. <laughs> I, just, I can't explain it, folks. I mean, it is what it is. You, you, my wife said, I have never seen a look on your face like that. And I said, you know, it was uh, 15 years in the making. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely wonderful time. Absolutely wonderful time. Uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes or so, we've got Warren Wolf uh, coming on the show. 213-816-1605 is our number. Folks, I'm going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania. Um, Mercedes-Benz Superdome, 70-some thousand people. Uh, if you have never been to a WrestleMania it is the showcase of the immortals. It is the grandest stage of them all. It is everything that it's built to be and much more. Even though I was sitting in 600 section, up so high that I thought that I was going to get vertigo, I was still glad that I was able to be there with my son. Uh, we had an, an absolutely wonderful time. People have asked me um, a, a couple of different things. And before I get that, I wanted to say one other thing. I forgot to say something. When we were at Access, I ran into ran, I ran into Ron uh, Schumbarger, the guy that does the paintings. We've talked to him before, Laura. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Rob Schumbarger. Exactly, that's who his name is. See, I'm 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 still giddy, still giddy. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So I, his wife was sitting at the table. I walked up to her and I said, you know. I'm, you know, so-and-so, and and I've talked to Rob before, and she goes, yes, he'll want to talk to you. So she walks over and tells him, and he puts his brush down, walks over and gives me a hug, shakes my hand, asks me how things are going. I said, great, absolutely great. And I said, "Uh, what is this large painting that you're working on? This painting, if I had to guess, Laura, was probably maybe four-by-four canvas, I think. I mean, a very large painting. Okay, very large. Wow. I said, what is that that you're working on? I, I'm like, how has been the response to the show? And he looked at me and said, Bob, I'll tell you the truth. This show has changed my life as far as what I've been asked to do, uh, who has commissioned him to do work. He said, the painting that I'm working on now, the, the WrestleMania 30 commemorative painting that he is w- working on, uh, after he is done with it, will be flown to Stamford, Connecticut, to hang in the offices of the oh. WWE. 
Oh, so proud of Rob. So yeah, proud un- of him. Unbelievable talent. Uh, he said that he got more requests and orders than what he could possibly handle. Uh, all success, oh, sure. all the best wishes to him. Uh, an absolutely fabulous class act guy. Can't say enough about him and what he does and his pure talent. I could barely draw a stick figure, let alone even dream and about what he does. Look what he does. Absolutely. And folks, if you did not if you did not know um, the jacket that Ultimate Warrior had on Raw Monday night, Rob painted the back of that. So yep, that that's... tells you what you know kind of person Rob is and how talented he is. Is that the Ultimate Warrior? That was. Um, <clears throat> one of Ultimate Warrior's favorite paintings that Rob did. So, yeah. So it, it's good to see somebody work so hard, make it good. Absolutely. Um, WrestleMania access. We went to it. Uh, got to see several people. Uh, we did not wait in any line. There, the lines were extremely long, just to stand in the hopes that you would get an autograph or a picture. They put right up front that you standing in line is not a guarantee that you will get an autograph or a picture. Uh, but we were able yeah. to go down to where NXT had a ring set up. Uh, I got to watch Paige wrestle on that, uh, in, that, in that area. Uh, she wrestled a girl named Bailey, a uh, very talented girl. And, folks, if you missed it on Monday night, Paige is now your Divas Champion for WWE. So we actually got to see her sure before is. she became Divas Champion. I'll run over some of the names that we saw there real quick. Uh, I saw Bob Backlund, Kane, Harley Race, Paul Orndorff, uh, William Regal, The Big Show, The New Age Outlaws, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, we saw Cody Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, uh, Roman Reigns. Um, Damian Sandow, Ryback, Rey Mysterio, A.J. Lee, the Bella Twins, um, just so many, so many different people. We got to go into the memorabilia section, and I put pictures up of it. Um, Very cool stuff in there. Andre the Giant's wrestling boots, uh, the original uh, WWF title belt, the outfit that uh, uh, that the Undertaker wore, uh, his very first ring appearance, and just a lot of cool stuff oh, wow. in there. Just a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Kane and Mankind's original masks. I mean, just a ton, just a ton of memorabilia. Uh, had a very good time there. I, I can't say enough uh, just about being able to walk around and, and, and see that stuff to me was, was priceless. Um WrestleMania, the three biggest things, uh, other than just the the grand scale, the sheer grand scale of of what WrestleMania is and what WrestleMania has become, the three things that stand out to me the most in no particular order was Antonio Cesaro putting the big show over the top rope in the 30-man battle royal. That right there was was unbelievable. You know, what a feat of strength. Um, well, you know, the other thing, he, actually walked, he actually walked with the Big Show. Yes. Now, Hogan, when he picked up Andre, he was stationary. But uh, 
uh, Cesaro actually picked the big show up and walked about two or three steps. And, and you know, everybody's thinking, oh, it's just two or three steps. But, I mean, he's lugging a 500-pound guy yes. and throwing him over the top rope. Yeah, I'm, yes. uh, I've always been a big Cesaro fan, even when he was Claudio. Yes. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, his future is. Unbelievable feat of strength. Uh, that is a big standout moment. The uh, next one, and, and an obvious one, and, and people have sent me messages and asked me what I thought about it, and I've replied on a few of them. Uh, never in my life have I heard 70, I can't, I don't know what the official attendance record was, you know, it, number is. I don't know if it was like 77 or 78,000. I, I don't know. <clears throat> never have I heard a crowd that large go from deafening cheering to complete silence to the point that you could hear a pin drop when Brock Lesnar pinned The Undertaker, making him 21-1. and Now, I'm not going to get into any speculation about who was supposed to win, who wasn't going to win. You know, did The Undertaker call it in the ring? Did he have a concussion? Was it a mistake on the referee's part? I don't know about any of that, folks, because I did not see any replays on the air. The only thing that I can tell you is is that there was a delay after the pin and the crowd went completely silent. It probably took I want to say at least 30 seconds for the WWE to put up the um, graphic of 21 and 1. And then no music until Lesnar gets out of the ring. The crowd was stunned to the point that I have never seen anything like it before and probably will not see anything like it again. And we've talked about this before. Professional wrestling is supposed to invoke an emotion in us, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's all based on your perspective. If the ultimate goal of The Undertaker, WWE, or whomever was to invoke a reaction out of the crowd, they probably invoked the biggest reaction that I've ever been privileged to be a part of because it's a moment that I will never forget. That's, that was oh. genuinely a, just an unbelievable what just happened moment in wrestling. Mm -hmm. the, only other, was. the only other time that I've ever been yep. involved with anything like that, Laura, was is that I was privileged enough. It was the first time and the last time that I ever saw the Nature Boy Ric Flair wrestle was his retirement match versus Shawn Michaels. That match oh, gave you me goosebumps. Oh, you were at that WrestleMania. Yes, I was at that WrestleMania. So. Wow, you've seen um, you've seen two people's. Um, well, I don't want to say the Undertaker's career has ended, but I think for all intents and purposes, it probably has. Um, More than likely, that's my. Yeah, yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah. There so, are a lot yeah. of people that are. There are a lot of people that are continuing to talk about Sting that are on the air put, or putting on, uh, putting up messages and posts yeah. about, you know, Sting will do this and Sting will do that. You know what? And this is what I can tell you about Sting, folks, in the WWE. I'm tired of hearing about it. When the guy shows up on TV is when he shows up on TV. If you yeah. can predict the future, maybe you ought to give me the, the winning numbers to the Powerball because I'm tired of waiting on your predictions to come true. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. 
last moment, uh, obviously, and, 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 and George, I know, was, was a huge mark for this, uh, an unbelievable moment, Daniel Bryant winning the WWE Championship. Uh, and I took a video of it, and, and I'll post it up on my Facebook page tonight. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Facebook something or another, Bob, bunkhouse.bob or something. I don't know. Just You can find me on there. Just type in bunkhouse Bob. You'll find me. Um, never have I been – never have I heard the word yes chanted more except I think in the movie when Harry met Sally between Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Yeah, I think I think I will concur. To hear 70-some-thousand people chanting yes in unison at the point that he won the belt, it was another one of those moments that was just, you know, it made it made made you made my hair stand up on end. Just very very uh oh, yeah. very cool. I will tell you I will tell you this. The time that we were at Access and getting to hear different people talk, Dolph Ziggler the big show, uh, the New Age Outlaws, there was a reoccurring theme that kept coming up, and I wanted to share this with, with listeners. There is a movement within the WWE that, has, that is fan-based, that the, the chanting, uh, the um, reactions at live events and at Raws are being noticed because Dolph Ziggler, of all people, said this, and I'm, this is loosely paraphrased, but he says, believe it or not, the fans have made a difference in the way that the WWE has conducted business in the last six months. And if you continue to let your voice be heard, you will continue to get to see the things that every fan has been wanting to see. So what that tells me is, is that we're about ready to enter in another one of those periods of of a boom, at least for them, where, you know, we got to see the matches that we wanted to see. We weren't caught up in, in hokey stories with, that had no meaning, and we got to see the matches that we wanted to see. I can tell you Bray Wyatt is as over as a flapjack. Yes, okay, the, Wyatt fam- the Wyatt family in general are over. Are, are, I have, it, it is... It, Within mark my words, within the next month, he will be at parallel status with Daniel Bryan. He is riding a rocket ship, as Dusty Rhodes used to say, "Lightning in a bottle, Daddy." So, I'll be very interested, very interested to see what comes up with the WWE here uh, in the next coming up in you know into the next uh, next cycle of events. But all in all, uh, my weekend was great. I have rambled on incoherently for the last 45 minutes. Well, you, well, no, 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 no. I, I have enjoyed it every second of it, but you said you had some kind of Caleb story that you wanted to talk about. You want to talk well, about that yeah. now? You want to talk about it after the interview? Or, We've or, got about or, two or three minutes. We've got two or three minutes. And you, I, you just make sure you get this out on social media. I went, with, I went to WrestleCon with the very intention of being able to see Caleb Conley face-to-face. I sent Mr. Conley several messages and told him that I would be at WrestleCon on Saturday night and got no response. Mr. Conley, I know that you know that I was at WrestleCon, and I am firmly convinced now more than ever 
that you had no desire to meet with me. You had no desire to hear my issues with you. And I know that you were probably hesitant in showing up because I had Cedric Alexander in my corner with me. So, oh, good God. If you would like uh, to send me a message and reply as to why you were unable to meet me at WrestleCon, I would be more than willing to entertain any type of response that you would put out there. That's what I know. Lord have mercy. Now, I love Cedric to death. I absolutely love Cedric. I just, I can't support him while he's feuding with Caleb. Lord have mercy. I'm just telling you what happened, Laura. So you didn't even get to see him at all? No, not, not hiding her hair of him. Nobody knew where he was. I asked Anna, I said, where's Caleb? He goes, man, I don't know. I said, is he going to show? I don't know, dude. Ask Cedric, well, I know where's where he Caleb? was Saturday night. <clears throat> where? I know where he was. He was at Dragon where, where? Gate. That show was, we were, Laura, I was at WrestleCon till midnight. That show didn't go to midnight. Caleb Conley no-showed. He didn't want to hear what I had yes, to say. Did. No, he didn't. <laughs> that, that show didn't start till like 9. And Whatever. it went to at least eleven thirty. Yeah, he did it not. Is. He did not want to face his critics. He did not want to face his critics. <clears throat> That's your PWX champ. We're going to make a phone call. We're going to get we're going to get Warm Wolf on the air. Let's do it. Hello, Warren. Hey. How you doing, sir? This is Bunkhouse Bob from live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. How are you, sir? What's going on, brother? Good. Uh, you know, swinging and ducking, swinging and ducking. Hey, I just yeah. wanted to, uh, I just wanted to let you know up front we're live on the air, and with right. me is with me is my co-host Laura. She's on the show with us. Cool. Hey, good. Warren. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Good deal. I just, uh, Warren, I wanted to, to thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight and uh, really appreciate it. I know that you're a busy man, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Yeah, not a problem, bro. Folks, if, you, uh, if you'd if you like to speak with Warren or myself or Lori, our, uh, our studio number is 213-816-1605. Warren, I was looking through uh, the WWE encyclopedia the other night and listed in there, is a PG-13, and in the description, I'm, I want to read to you this. This is this is part of the description that's in the encyclopedia. It says, "quote, but at a total combined weight of just over 400 pounds, they, referring to you and James, proved to be less than a formidable duo." End of quote. But yet you two were able to win the USWA tag titles on 15 occasions. Is this just bad writing, or was there Bad blood uh, with your time in the WWE? Uh, I mean, by the end of it, I'm sure they weren't too happy with us. But, uh, no, it's just, you know, that was the that was the gimmick there. We weren't um, we weren't the USWA champions there. You know, they don't, uh, they don't look at things that way. Our character there was completely different than what we were in Memphis and, and pretty much everywhere else we went. You know, it was... Uh, <gasps> Uh, excuse my 
nose, like allergies were bad. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's just that was our character there, and that's that's what we were when we were there, you know. Now with the USWA, and correct me if I'm wrong, was Jerry Lawler running that promotion at that point in time? Um, I mean, we went through. We were there from February of '93. Uh, Jerry Jarrett actually gave us our job the first time. We left once, went to Mexico, came back, and that's when Randy Hales had taken over. And now, of course, you know, I mean, Jarrett and Lawler owned it, but they all took turns booking it. And, uh, I mean, we, we worked there when Lawler booked it as well, so we went through a number of people. Okay. Now, you wrestled uh, the ECW pay-per-view Hardcore Heaven 97, which was like ECW's second pay-per-view. And the expectations were really big by the fans. Uh, what was the locker room like that night, and what are your memories of that event? Um, man, the locker room was always just uh, pretty much just a good time. I'll just sum it up like that. Everybody was just having a good time uh, that particular night. Um, the match, in my opinion, was okay. Um for weeks and or months or however long we were there, we were always heels. And for whatever reason, Paul decided he wanted us to be baby faces for that particular match, which I didn't get. And I just the match was okay. I, it would have been better had we have been the heels, but that's what they wanted, and that's that's what they got. Well, look, and 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 looking back over it now, you know the the people that were on the on that card that night. You know, Taz, Sabu, Chris Candido, Terry Funk, you know, some, some names that are, uh, you know, that they're obviously wrestling fans know. What were their expectations of the pay-per-view? Did they feel like that this was, you know, because Barry, Barry Legal was first, and then, then we had How Hardcore Heaven. Did they feel that this was going to be the one that was really going to push things forward as far as pay-per-view revenue? Man, you know, that, that's so much of a, like, business end question. And, and to be honest with you, man, my, especially in those days, you know, I really could have cared less about things like that. <laughs> I mean, right. me and Jamie, honestly, everything came so natural to us. And, and we were brought up in a different time. I mean, the business now you know, everybody's thinking of pay-per-view buys and this, that, and the other. And man, right. I, I wanted to be a wrestler just because I enjoyed being in the ring and I enjoyed entertaining, you know. Um, man, I, half the time, you know, when you were saying some of those names, I honestly couldn't tell you who was on that pay-per-view because, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of years there, you know what I mean? Right, I mean, right. I've been doing this for 25 years now, and a lot of times I can't tell you, you know, somebody will show me a match. I'm like, damn, I don't even remember that match. So, yeah, as far as that goes, man, I, I mean, always wanted to go out there and obviously have a great match and, you know, have people remember and stuff like that. But, man, I, I was just living a life at that point, you know. I right. thought it was never going to end. It was just a good time. Every day was a good time. And... I was just living the life, you know. I didn't, you know, I, I think sometime later in life is when I started treating it more like a business. Now, had I had I've had that attitude a long time ago, 
things could have been different for me as far as, you know, success levels. I mean, I think I've done really good, but there's always a part of me that thinks, man, if I just would have been a little more serious, <laughs> you know, maybe right. maybe I'd have a bigger house on the hill somewhere. But, you know, it is it is what it is, man. And like I said, I was brought up in a different time and was around different people. And it was just for love of the game, you know, just naturally gifted at wrestling is kind of the way I like to think of me and Jamie. We're just, we're good at it. And we really, a lot of times we didn't even know how good we were. And uh, especially in the Memphis days, there's times when I look at that and I go, man, we should have really been getting paid because we were on top and, you know, we, we did make decent money, but could have been a lot better, but we didn't give a shit. We were just happy to be there and, you know, happy to be over and, Right, you know, just just riding the waves, man. <laughs> and you said you said something about you know thinking that it wouldn't you know would never come to an end or hoping it would never come to an end. What what happened that that you weren't with ECW longer than what you were? Uh, man, I I really don't even remember. I just think it seems like that might have been getting near the end of things when things started going bad. I know he was writing bad checks to people and stuff like that while I was there, so. I don't really recall what actually happened. Um, you know, it was nothing like we didn't do anything. You know, just right. one of those deals where the, it just kind of ran out. And, you know, he didn't know what he wanted to do with us or something like that. It was, it was nothing bad, you know. Okay. All right. Very cool. Awesome. Um, I just want to say I feel for you because I have the same problem with allergies that have plagued me from, like, September, and I just want to you know, take my nose off and throw it away. So, you know, I, I'm I'm right there with you, dude. Um, what prompted your gimmick and name change to a goth look? The Slash characters, that what you asking? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Slash came about because kind of I was at a point where I felt like PG-13 had run its course. And I was just trying to think of something new, and I came up with that. I pitched it to uh, Cornette, who was running the OVW at the time. And Cornette was always, always been a friend, and uh, he liked it. And I actually had a last name on it at first. The original um, gimmick was Slash, and then the last name Killings. And obviously, it wasn't Ron Killings because he wasn't around then. But didn't get that from that. But anyway, <laughs> Slash Killings, kind of like a um, serial killer. Uh, and, and you know the Ooh. eye was had the scar over the eye and carried the knife at, at first and all that. So that was kind of the deal behind that. But it was just something to get me out of Wolfie D, you know. And um, and so anyway, yeah, I pitched it to Cornette and he told me to drop the killings part and then brought me up to OVW and did that um, slash. I did a few um, things with WWE at the time, uh, jacked and stuff. Uh, the syndicated shows they had, and then the TNA thing popped up, and you know the gimmick already had the gimmick, and you know showed it to Jeff, and he liked it, and then the new change came along, and and just ran with it. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you mentioned yeah, there was uh, actually no, um, there was no real plans for us, and that was the funny thing was that uh, when they put me and Brian Lee together, there was really no plans for us, and. They put their belts on us, and, uh, you know, it got over, and the people 
like the gimmick. I don't know if you remember a lot of the early pay-per-views, but you know, the fans would chant evil and stuff. Um, and a lot of that, just they weren't really at first going to push us, and then it just kind of got over and it worked. So, yeah. That seems to be the best way, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned Jim Cornette. What was it like to work with him? I love Jim. I think he's one of the best minds in the business. I know there's a lot of people that don't like him. Um, he's high-strung. He's opinionated. But, you know, he he comes from where the, the type of thing that I come from, that old school and that southern mentality that I think works. <laughs> and, uh, it sure and I does. Think Jimmy, I think Jim's a genius, man. I really do. I love working well, with what him. What was it like... Uh, in OVW at that time, uh, when um, you were there, it was it was cool. It actually made me step it up a little bit because um, I, like I said, you know, at the end of a PG run, you you can fall into the trap of, you know, I'm already over. I don't have to do a lot while I'm out there and stuff. And uh, it kind of made me pick my game up a little bit at the time. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of guys that are now big household names that were up there. I mean, you had uh, Randy Orton and uh, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, let's see, who else was it? That? I don't really remember all of them. But anyway, those are quite a couple of big names there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was cool. And, you know, I was in good with Jimmy, so I enjoyed it. All right, Batista was there, too. I forgot he was part of our team. Well, that's my next question is uh what do you think of your former disciple of sin partner uh return to the WWE? Well, in all honesty, I really don't watch wrestling anymore. I know you hear a lot of old guys go, I don't watch wrestling well, I really don't. And it's not because I don't like it or anything, it's just I just don't. I don't know why, but so I ha- I can't I can't say that I've seen it and uh I can't really judge it. I'm happy for him. He was always a good guy when I was around him. Um, I would say, uh, I, I would, I would imagine that he's improved since OVW because he he wasn't that good back then. But I would, I would say he's probably improved a whole lot. <laughs> well, you've missed some uh, uh, enjoyable moments from um, skinny jeans uh, to. Uh, uh, sunglasses being slapped off his face by Stephanie McMahon. You've you've missed some uh, golden moments. That's, that's for sure. Um, and speaking of WWE, um, do you receive residual checks uh, since the um, launch of the network? And has has the launch of the network done anything for you as far as you know, maybe uh, more bookings or or anything like that? Um, I, I do get a check a couple times a year. It's usually um, it's for DVDs, pay-per-views that I've been on, things like that. Um, and sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of read exactly what it is you're getting paid for. I mean, it, it spells it out there for you, but someone's like, oh, okay, you just cash the check and be happy to have it, but, um, or I do anyway. Um, but the last one I got was actually a little more than usual, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, if that will be a one-time deal or, you know, maybe where the – the DVD, I don't know. I have no idea, but it was a little more than it usually is. So I wondered that myself. That's awesome. 
Warren, I know that there, you know, there have been some big critics of with TNA as of late from you know all the roster changes and people coming and going and and all that other good stuff. Uh, where do you think maybe that TNA went wrong, or maybe I don't know a better way to word the question would be: Is there something that they could do to turn things around more? I know that you said that you don't watch a whole lot of televised wrestling, but you have to hear the critics of, of the product. Yeah. Um, man, it seems like to me um, they got off on the wrong foot with the fans, and, and I think that's that may have been, you know, spelled disaster a long time ago because it's never, from what I can see, like, like you're right, I, I, don't, I don't watch it that much. And, and, and without being able to see it, it's hard for me to have a, 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 you know, a good educated answer for you, but uh, that could be one thing because it seems like people all, always have something shitty to say about TNA. Whether what they're doing is good or bad, I feel like people don't give it a chance a lot of times. Um, and then you, you got the whole deal with, you know, Hogan and, and all his guys, and, and you know the guys have done tremendous things for the wrestling business. But again, um, it's like it, it's just a it's a bad thing when the people aren't, aren't with you, and for some reason. But you know what's kind of funny to me now is Hogan on TNA, everybody shits on it. But as soon as he goes over to WWE, apparently everybody's like, "Oh my God, I'll go to Raw," you know. So it's like it's the TNA thing that's that's the stink fest or something, you know. It's just I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, I, I think it, it, this is kind of like a, I don't know, a question and a statement because I, I know that we have several TNA fans that listen to the show and, and we don't talk a lot about TNA or WWE. Uh, we did tonight because of the weekend, um, because where our focus is more on on indie wrestling. But I think the thing with with uh, with TNA was is that there was such, I don't know, there was there was a lot of respect for them at one point in time. Uh, during a certain time period, and then slowly, after Hogan came in and several you know wrestlers were let go, you know Matt Morgan, AJ Styles, and you know goes on and on, you know that they wanted to change direction, and people just couldn't understand, you know why things were changing. You know they just they just couldn't couldn't get yeah. with it. Um, and I remember talking to Larry Zabisco um, several months ago, and at one point in time, you know, he felt that the uh, that TNA could have given the, the WWE a run for its money. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the thing is, you got to have some money to lose, first of all, and obviously they do. Um, and and it, I think it could be done too. Just and I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about this since you talk about the independent wrestling, because basically, you know, TNA was got to start somewhere, so we'll call that an independent uh, wrestling, you know, at the beginning, but obviously it's it's grown since then. But right. I think, you know, anybody can do it. It's just having the right people uh, calling the shots, basically. I mean, I see it so much on the independent uh, circuit that just, oh God, it just upsets me so bad, especially when I see somebody that's got potential, like a company, or, or the money to be able to do it, and they don't do it right. They, they all everybody thinks 
because, and I'm going to give a good analogy here in a minute um, that I use a lot, but everybody thinks because they watch wrestling that, you know, they're diehard wrestling fans that they can they can book everything and write everything as it's called now. And that's just bullshit. Now, I love professional football. And if I had a million and something dollars, you know, billions of dollars to buy a football team, no matter how much I know about football, I've never played in the NFL. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've never won a championship. So if I'm the owner of that team, I'm going to hire people that have done those things, not, you know, because I've watched so much football and seen championship games, I think that I can coach it. That's a, does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. You surround yourself with good people. Because I see that a people. lot. I see that right. so much. But I think I think you, you you made a very valid point. I mean, there is the internet wrestling community, you know, the keyboard warriors, the thumb thugs, you know, on yeah. Twitter and Facebook, and I can be as guilty of it as anybody else, saying, you know, well, why did they do this here or why did they do this there? And I remember meeting. Uh, a guy that worked for the IWA a number of years ago, Bull Miller, who, who told me that uh, the very first thing about a wrestling match when two guys are meeting for the first time is that that match should be booked off the premise of the next match. You know, and I never, I never understood that until years later. But yeah. you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and there's so much that it, it's like you have to have been there to know okay, this works, this doesn't work, in this situation this may work, you know, uh, know your area because some shit that works in certain areas don't work in others. And just You have to have experience in there. And, I mean, just for example, I'm going to throw out TCW. And actually, like two days ago now, me and Matt Riviera got along really well up until the very end. And, and we had a little falling out, but we actually buried the hatchet about two days ago. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that I feel the reason that they did not take off like I really thought it was going to is because in the beginning, he was doing things right. He was listening to the right people. He was listening to some of the veterans. He hired some people that had done some things. Now, near the end of it, there was himself and a couple other people that are great guys. Uh, One of them was actually a great on-screen character, you know, not knocking them as people or anything like that, but they got the big head and thought, we can write this ourselves. And that's when things started not making sense. That's when, right. that's when I had issues, you know. I was like, hold on a minute, why are we doing this? This is stupid, you know. But uh, that's just what I see as far as uh, how things go, uh, especially nowadays. They just, uh, everybody thinks they can run a wrestling promotion and they don't get it. Right, no, and and w- I've got some questions for you about TCW here in a little while because I, we have had fan after fan send us posts and tweets and texts and so on and so forth. And please share that. Please make sure that you cover TCW. So I do want to talk to you about that in a minute or two. Yeah. Well, we were you were talking about TNA just a minute ago, and you had wrestled against CM Punk in TNA, and I was just wondering what were your memories or thoughts of him? <laughs> the biggest memory of him was uh, him and uh, Teddy Hart getting in a fight at the uh, White Trash Cafe, which was a little, 
you walked down the hill from the fairgrounds building, and that's where they catered at. But it was a little dump. And, I mean, the food was decent, but it was a dump. It was real small. And uh, that's my memory of him. They, they got in a fight there, and uh, both of them kind of swung like girls. It was a big, a big joke going around. <laughs> I worked him a number of times, you know, it was uh, mid-church against Ravens uh, gathering, I think they called it then, and uh, I mean, he was a decent little worker, um, I, I, I swear on my life, I've never seen one of his WWE matches, never seen an interview, but apparently he's, he's really good, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he wasn't awful or anything then, he was, he was good in TNA, but I mean, he wasn't that superstar yet, and uh Yes. Right. I, I hate to interrupt. I hate to interrupt Laura on that one. I've heard probably about seven different versions of that story. What, uh, what's the real version? That they just uh, were kind of slapping at each other is, is really the, that's about it. <laughs> that was it? Okay. <laughs> there it <Yeah>. is. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. Um, what was the best thing you took away from your time in TNA, and uh, what did you learn that's helped you, you know, most in your career? Um, man, I can't say I learned a ton there, because by that time I feel like I've been in the business long enough. I mean, you're always learning, but um, I, I think I had some of my best matches there. Uh, us versus AMW feud was good, real good in my opinion. A lot of people would say the same. Uh, me and Brian Lee clicked. We didn't click like me and Jamie, but we clicked real well. And um, I thought we had some really good matches, you know. Uh, some of the best matches of my career, really. A few of them I like to look at. And if somebody, you know, somebody that doesn't, um, Really know my wrestling background or something. Somebody that I may meet. You know, those are one of the, that'd be one of the matches I'd show them. Hmm. Awesome. Um. Well, I'm I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Um. I did want to ask you. One of our um uh, listeners wanted me to ask you about a famous story about Bill Dundee pulling a knife on you. Oh uh, yeah. Um. We were in I think it was Mississippi. Uh, is a spot show for USWA, like a Friday night. And now this story gets screwed up a lot. This is the real deal. I'm giving you the real story. The real well, the background behind it is what gets screwed up. I, I read somewhere, and somebody had this all backwards. But anyway, um, Jamie and I, Bill has always actually like blocked, tried to block me and Jamie from getting in uh, USWA and things. And he was used to be real jealous and bitter. And um, so he at the gimmick table, he had a picture of all three of us that he was selling on his table. Now, back then, we mostly sold the little pictures for like two bucks a piece, right? Well, he was selling this one for three bucks. So it was kind of hurting us because, why, you know, people could go over and get a picture of all three of us for $3 instead of buying ours and then go over and buying his, you know. So in a way, I felt it hurt us. Now, if he hadn't have always been bad enough in us, I really wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have said nothing, um, but he was, you know. So I told Jamie one day, I said, hey, man, I said, I think it's kind of bullshit that your dad's 
you know, selling pictures of us out there, but yet he's running us in the ground to the office, you know, every chance he gets. I said, I think you ought to, you know, give us a, a buck out of that or something for everyone he sells. And he said, you know, well, if you ask my dad, I'm not going to say nothing to him. You say something to him. And I said, okay. Uh-oh. So a couple of days later um, at that spot show, I went up to him, and I was going to do it in private, you know. I just wanted to talk to him. I had no ill intentions, you know. And um, he was laid on the bench. Um, and, I, and I walked in there, and I said, hey, Bill, I said, can we step out in the hall? I just want to talk to you for a minute. If you got something to say to me, mate, you say it right here. I said, all right. And so I proceeded to tell him I thought it was kind of bullshit and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, both both of us have started getting a little heated, exchanging words. And uh, then the last thing I said, the last thing I said was I kind of threw my arms up. I said, well, what the fuck's up then? And he jumped up off the bench and reached in his boot. He pulled out a fucking knife. He said, I'll show you what's up. He pointed that <laughs> knife at me. And so, you know, I, I jumped back about three feet, and uh, and then Doug Gilbert and Randy Hales were standing there. And Doug had, a um, like, a cart that you would put a VCR on. I don't know how that was there, why it was there. But anyway, he had that. He kind of pushed that in between us. This Randy jumped in there, and, uh, and that was it. So then they fired Bill. And, and then later, uh, a few months later, um, Bill came back with my blessing, and me and him worked a, worked a, an angle with that being that story being told partially, and uh, we I think I think I earned his respect and he earned mine because we really beat the shit out of each other for a couple months there. So anyway, yeah, that's the that's the real story. <laughs> that is an awesome story. That really is. Um, you know. Uh, we interviewed your tag team partner, Roosevelt, uh-huh. uh, your tag team partner in TCW, and I compared I compared the two of you to the Moondogs. Has anyone <laughs> else done that? And, you know, maybe you guys should call yourselves the New Age Moondogs. No, I haven't heard that one. Um, especially style-wise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I think, you know, Moondogs were more just uh, kick and punch and hit with stuff. Right. Um, Right, and I think, and I, think was, I, I brought thing, a, you know? a more of that, um, more of a up-to-date wrestling style to it. But uh, no, I haven't heard that one. I have not heard that one. But yeah, Roosevelt, man, he's a good dude. I like that guy a lot. Um, his family, um, and and what was good about it is, you know, he he listened to me, and, and sometimes you run into that where. You know, if they would have put me with another young guy that thought he knew everything, the, the results of that team might not have been the same. But he trusted me, listened to me. I think he learned from me. And, um, you know, he he meshed well with me, you know. Now, I know, Warren, that, um, and you talked about it just a minute ago, and fans have asked us over and over and over what happened uh, to TCW. And I, I became familiar with TCW because uh, I live in the in the Monroe West Monroe area, and you guys were out of out of Fort Smith, so I picked up the uh, picked up the channel you guys were were airing on here and and DVR'd it and and I watched TCW for I don't know probably I don't know a year or so and then uh, I got in contact I had put a post up on Facebook after the 
some reruns started airing, and then the the best of TCW Classic started coming on. And I put a post up, and I said, if anybody can give me any information about TCW, and I, I tagged Matt Riviera in it, and uh, he uh, messaged me and politely asked me to remove the post, which I did. And I then messaged him and asked him if you know he could give me an update. And after several emails bantering back and forth, he agreed to come on the show. And when this was, I don't know, probably right after the announcement of the Mid-South Legends Convention, and when I had him on the air, he was very elusive about the whole TCW thing and why TCW was showing reruns and, and so on and so forth. From your perspective, what, what, what happened to TCW or what is happening or what, 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 is, the, what is the story? Man, I just think it's an issue of, remember what I said earlier, you got to have a lot of money to lose if you're going to start a wrestling company. No matter whether it's going to be successful or not, uh, you're going to lose money. And I just think uh, the money, the well ran dry, I think that's the bottom line. And I don't know 100% for sure if I'm correct or not, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm correct, sorry. So, to the best of your knowledge, is TCW done? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, it is. Yeah. Okay. Now, I had, uh, you know, in, in watching it, I always enjoyed uh, a lot of the matches just because, of, you know, early on, like I said, from uh, prior, you know, a year ago of watching it, just about the, you know, the straight-up wrestling. Um, you know, I watched you and Roosevelt wrestle some teams. I, I enjoyed Boyd Bradford. I thought that the stories were, you know, were involved enough that it, you know, it, it kept it kept my attention. And the wrestling was right. wrestling was decent. I was always a a Jason Kincaid fan. I, I really enjoyed watching him work. What were your thoughts on some of the guys that you got to work with in TCW? I think it was a, a really talented bunch of people. Um, when I got there, um, one of the first things I told some people. I said, because it was a it was a bunch of matches to me, and and they were good matches, most of them. Um, but nobody, no baby face was really over. No heels had to eat, and that was my first comment. I said, you got to you got to put some heat on somebody, and you know they were pushing me, so um, I said it needs I need some eat. And, right. Uh, I don't know if you remember the episode where um, you know we tied. Uh, genetic perfection up, and I came off through the table and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, from a few episodes before that, I had a lot of input on everything that was going on in that tag team angle, and I thought it was damn good. And there was a few things that we put heads on. um, You know, for the most part, that angle was mine, and it it needed that because it's, I'm I'm pretty sure if you watch all that, you'll say up until that point, that was the most heat you've probably seen anybody get on that television show. Because I went crazy. There was a lot of it that they didn't even know I was going to do. That's just how I rolled. <laughs> I remember there was uh, there was one match I remember watching, uh, and I can't remember the name of the opponents that you guys faced. They weren't, It wasn't Genetic Perfection or uh, named wrestlers. I think they were just brought in for you guys basically to destroy where you had uh, you busted one guy open and then you wrapped a chain around his neck and threw him over the top rope and 
And, yeah. and I enjoyed Matt Rhodes and Brian Thompson's commentary. I mean, Matt yeah, Rhodes to me was just a throwback commentator. He was like, you know, my God, my God, they're going to kill him. They're hanging him. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. It, I mean, I was, I, I remember watching it and I was like, man, that, this is good. This right. is good stuff. This is, you don't see this on TV. Nope. That, that's what, that's what really got me. Um, that's, and I know it, that's, that's the thing. You've got to have heat. I don't give a shit. You know, times have changed. No, you got to have some heat, man, especially if you get somebody over. The old saying, if you want to have dragon slayers, you got to have some dragons. Fire-breathing. <laughs> Fire-breathing. I like that. That, that. that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I, I, I've spoken to Roosevelt on several occasions, and, uh, and he's always credited you uh, with helping him, you know, in his career. Uh, what did you like most about the, the the whole Hounds of Hell gimmick and working with him and Boyd? Um, uh, I just, you know, again, I recreated myself. Uh, actually, TCW came up with the name Cerebus. I I was just looking like that when me and Matt started talking. I just changed my look and everything, going with the like an assassin thing. Um, mm-hmm. They came up with the name Cerebus. Um, but I just enjoyed, again, recreating myself and doing something new. It's fresh. Um, I'm, in real life, I'm OCD, but yet I'm ADD at the same time. So when I get involved <laughs> in something, I'm obsessed with it, you know, and that gave, right. gave me a new obsession. And uh, i got to stay stay like that or I'll just forget all about it and go do something else. One yeah, of the things that was, that... It's fun. Go ahead. One one of the things that we that we always end up coming back to, and I, w- I want to get your opinion on this, uh, because I see it especially a lot in like some of the smaller independent promotions that may only run in a in a town, you know, once or twice a year, and you get a mix match of guys that maybe have worked together and maybe haven't. Uh, do you do you feel that there is uh, a lack of ring psychology in today's indie wrestling? Is it is it all just you know, I need I need to get my shit in. You get your shit in. You know, we need to do some big grand spots so we get noticed. It, it, well, what yeah, is your absolutely. thought? Absolutely, they don't know. There's a lot of guys that are way more. Um, I mean, I don't really want to say athletic because I'm athletic, but can do a whole bunch of moves that I can't do and never could do. But they don't know how to set them up, how to get the right reactions. You know, make them mean something, and that just comes with. Learning, I've said this before too. The guys don't have the opportunities that we have. Um, you know, when I when I broke in USWA, I had already been wrestling on the independent circuit for let's see, three, a little over three years, three four years. And then when I got there, every night, you know, we worked six nights a week, and every night I wrestled either Danny Davis, who you know started OVW, or Ken Wayne, Nightmare Ken Wayne, or it was a tag match with those two, I mean, that was every night. So you talk about, you know, being able to learn on the job and shit. I mean, these guys don't have that kind of talent to work with. And then it was, you know, I'm learning from Tommy Rich and, you know, Waller, all the, all these guys that I got to work with at an early age, these, these kids don't have that opportunity, you know, and it's not their fault. It's just not there. Right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a call here real quick, Warren. Hold on a second here. Seven two seven, you're on with uh, live from the armory. Yeah, hi. Do I need to come off my speaker here? Uh, it would probably be helpful. 
Hold on. Okay. All right, you're going to make me work and hold it up to my ear, huh? I recognize this voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is not Joe Petticino. Uh, no, it's not. Warren, one quick question for you that I always like to address to uh, veteran workers. Mm-hmm. Of all the venues that uh, you have performed in, give me your top three favorites. Uh, you know, a lot of times a venue can make a show. Uh, there are certain venues that just have their own magic that add to the show. What are your three favorite venues to work? Well, I would have to say, and I'm I'm just going to start naming this. I don't know if this is in any order, um, but the the National Fairgrounds to me, because that's where I grew up, and that was where I would go see wrestling when I was a kid. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. Okay. And uh, TV Five, because that's what I saw every Saturday morning. Uh, my first match there is like a blur. I don't even really remember it. And, and, and it was just walking out on that TV. And my first interview with Lance Russell, I had my back to the camera the entire time. So <laughs> it, was a bit of, it was a bit of a blur. But those two meant a lot to me. Um, Mid-South Coliseum meant something to me. I didn't grow up in Memphis, but it was still, you know, that was what they showed um, every now and then on on the national TV. Oh, this is what happened in Memphis. So you'd see that you know, grainy picture of the sold-out crowd. So uh, that that meant something to me. Um, um, I, 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 Louisville Gardens was good, but now that was one that, you know, it was new to me once I got there. But me and Jamie were really over in Louisville, so it, it, now I can say, okay, that meant something to me. Um, right. And then... Uh, uh- I guess uh, those are the ones that are meaningful anyway. I mean, heck, I've been in Madison Square Garden, the Astrodome, you know. Well, I was born and brought up in New York, and I think, you know, I I agree that there's a whole lot of wrestling history in Madison Square Garden, but that was never one of my favorite places to go to watch a show. Yeah, but I'm Uh, saying just as far as being able to say I performed there, you know, that's kind of cool. In, in the right, Astrodome, right. but but as far as meaning something to me, it would be the the fairgrounds, TV Five, it's our coliseum. What do you think of the Dallas Sportatorium? You know, I've never ever been there, never. Now I thought that you made a trip in there one time with USWA. Am I wrong? I never went um, to Dallas at USWA. I wasn't there yet. They, when they were doing that, was before I ever got in the business. Now, I have been to... That's right. I, I worked an independent show that I don't remember the name of the building. It could have been, um, I, I don't know, uh, it was a guy named Big D that ran Dallas. I don't know what building he ran in, but I worked there one time. Uh, the Rocket Palace. Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, no, that was uh, Big D Championship Wrestling. Right. Yeah, it was... Um, um, oh, Gary Young, was he booking when you were there? Was he booking for uh, what? Uh, Big D Championship Wrestling. Hell, I have no idea. That was like 1993. <laughs> oh, my God, you're making me feel old. Okay, well, no, I, you know that's that, that, that's just a, uh, a venues are just a subject matter I like to uh, talk with uh, 
the veterans about because everybody has their own favorites. But I got to tell you, you know, one that I totally agree with you is the Mid South Coliseum, man. That place just had a magic that uh, uh, you know very few venues have. Yeah, but you know what? The Nashville Fairgrounds actually, to me, is better than that one. And not just because I grew up there, but the way it's set up. That building was actually built for wrestling. Nick Gillis had that building built for wrestling. That's correct, um, yep. yep. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in it, but the way it's set up uh, with the yeah, bleachers going. Yeah, I've been in it several times. Okay, and, and back, like, when TNA had it, they had it set up different. And now when people run there, they set it up different. But back... When USWA ran, um, you know the bleachers were on all four sides, and I mean I've seen that building packed. And I mean one of my favorite memories is uh, we had a cage match. Um, it was us. It was during the USWA Smoky Mountain feud. So at any rate, I don't remember what all four people were in there, but it was a cage match. And I came off the top of the cage, and when I climbed up the cage, you know I'm in the squatted position, and when I stood up to stand up on the cage, it's it's like Everybody in that arena stood up with me, and because of the way the bleachers, the way the bleachers went up, it's almost like they were next to me, surrounding me. You know, that was a really yeah. cool feeling. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, that uh, you know, there's a ton of wrestling history in that building. Oh yeah. So. All right, Warren. I I certainly do appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. Take care. Thank you, sir. Take care. Warren, what can we expect from you, uh, you in the future? Man, who knows? Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting to an age where, um, you know, uh, sometimes I don't even want to wrestle anymore. Sometimes I do because I just, you know, I love it and, and still have. I can still go, first of all, and um, but but my back's starting to bother me. And, things like that. I got stuck in the floor last week, guys, literally stuck in my floor for about <laughs> 10 minutes. I couldn't get up. The most excruciating pain I've ever in my life, and I felt like I needed the life alert gimmick. But seriously, um, I don't know, man. I know I know that I, um, I mean, I contacted uh, Jeff on his uh, new gimmick, and all I know is, you know, my name's in the hat. It doesn't mean anything. It may mean nothing. It could mean something. Who knows? But my name's in the hat. So, you know, I don't know. If it ain't nothing big, you ain't going to hear nothing from me. But, you know, I'll continue to to do a little wrestling here and there just because I enjoy it. And, it's, you know, it's uh, a good part-time job. Right. You can make more money wrestling than you can working a part-time job. That's for sure. Um, I don't if, know the way uh, some of these guys work for peanuts. I don't know why some of these guys even wrestle, but um, I've always heard, you know, always thought you were to profit, and then evidently a lot of these guys don't believe that anymore. And I've seen some of these guys pay off. So I'm like, what are you thinking? But anyway, yeah, I don't know what, what the future holds. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Not to me, it don't. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If somebody does want to contact you for booking information or get a hold of you on social media, how can they do that? Uh, you can hit me up on, I'm, I'm on Facebook more than anything. Twitter kind of uh, annoys me. Um, Facebook is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. They can hit me on there. Um, I got a Twitter that I don't use much, but it's at LikeAnAssassin. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's really it. They can hit me on either one of those. Okay, we'll put those uh, those links up on our uh, website tonight. 
before uh, before we let you go, Warren, could I get you to uh, just record a little promo for us, saying this is Warren Wolf. You're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Yeah. Yep. Whenever you're ready. You ready? You go. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Wolfie D, and you're listening to Live at the Armory Wrestling Show. That works for me. Warren, thank you very much for being with us tonight. I appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to be with us and and talk some wrestling. Okay, man. Not a problem. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Have a good night. Take care. All right. Thanks, Warren. And there he goes, folks, into the... Into the cold, dark night. Well, it's not cold anymore, Laura. It's springtime. i got to find something new to say. I don't know where you live, Bob, but it's pretty cold here. What? It's like 70 degrees today. At any rate. Oh, shut up. It was like 50 here. So I don't want to hear well, that mess. I, I can't help it that you live in the in the back holler of Virginia somewhere. I, that never has a true statement been spoken, Bob. <laughs> How cool is Warren Wolf? Oh my gosh, he is awesome! And that story about Bill Dundee. And by the way, thanks George Coles for um, sending me that question. Um, that was an awesome story, and his impression of Bill Dundee was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It was, and, and for all of the, uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad that we finally got some clarification on TCW. I know that there are several people that uh, that. Uh, Yep. That I follow on Twitter and, and and have become friends with that uh, are you know the way that we met was through posts you know with hashtag TCW and uh, we we had the sneaking suspicion folks that uh, that things were going awry there and uh, unfortunately you know it, it looks as if uh, uh, TCW is no more and I hate to hate to see that come to an end because uh, you know like Warren said there's some decent guys there decent wrestlers. You know himself, Roosevelt. You know Jason Kincaid, uh, Genetic Perfection. Uh, there were there were some really good wrestlers there, uh, and uh, you know it's just it's one of those things. It's the nature of the business, you know. I guess, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see some of those guys land in uh, some other promotions, and hopefully, uh, swimming in some calmer waters, so to speak. It's sad to see a wrestling promotion go downhill, but especially when you've got talent like that you just mentioned. Um, And it's like, you know, it's not like there's there's not enough indie promotions out there nowadays for somebody to fit in. But, you know, when you've got a bunch of people like that and they do click and it, it does work well, you know, and you seem to enjoy it. I've never got to see it, but it's just sad to see that, you know? Well, I think what makes it sting even more is the fact that they had a weekly televised program, at least in certain markets. I know that their market was, I believe, Arkansas, Louisiana, parts of North Texas, Mississippi, I believe over into Georgia. Um, so, you know, it, it covered an wow. area. Yeah, it covered an area that has been starved uh, you know, for wrestling and, and folks, I, I put this out on Twitter and I believe I put it on my Facebook page. Uh, folks asked me about Booker T's reality of wrestling program that was, uh, to debut. I believe it was on April the 1st. I believe it was somewhere in that neighborhood within that week on soul of the South network. I found the channel on, 
on DirecTV and going to the to website, the realityofwrestling.com, I cannot find where it's programmed, uh, where, where the programming is. I, I, I have scrolled through the times that it's supposed to be there, and either the local affiliate is not carrying it or whatever, but it's listed on that channel schedule, but I have yet to see it, folks. I don't, I don't know. So if you're in a market that, that was in, involved with that, and it stretched from uh, Dallas all the way to Chicago, uh, if you have happened to see this show or know of this show, uh, Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, send us a tweet or give us a, a message on Facebook and let us know because I haven't seen it. And I think that's what, getting back to what I was saying, Laura, I think that's what where, where this thing really is, is that, you know, it was something I looked forward to every week was seeing, you know, televised indie wrestling back in our area, you know, and we get it for, you know, and they had a television deal early. You know, that's the other thing. I mean, a year into the promotion and they were already on TV. And I guess, you know, like you said, the expectations were high and unfortunately the money well wasn't as deep as what, uh, you know, what people thought it could be. So, you know, unfortunate, but, you know, that's the way that it is. So. I did want to. Uh, Wait, I did want. Term. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. What were you talking about? Cookie crumbs. <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles. Oh Lord. Uh, at any rate, <laughs> I did want to. Uh, did want to tell everybody about next week's guests because we have one of those shows where we get two for the price of one. We get a we yep, got a double show be next week. in the sea of estrogen. Oh Lord, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> yes. Next week, yes. <laughs> and I know I know that uh, I know there are some people there. So I'm excited about this. Next week, yes, we're looking at things from two different angles. We have wrestling photographer Josie Morgan is going to be with us. Really interested to hear yes. some of her stories about. Uh, 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 photographing matches and, and, and getting and taking pictures of wrestlers individually for promotional work, and also joining us next next week will be Midwest Militia member and Shine Star Saf, Sassy Stephanie will be with us next week. So really looking forward to that. Big things happening in Shine. I've been a, a Sassy Steph fan for a while. Um, we uh, actually had uh, interviewed her tag team partner, Jesse Bell, on this program. Uh, they go by s right. Express. So we get the other half of the tag team on. Uh, very, very talented wrestler. I'm very excited to have her actually have them both on the show. So next week, Josie Morgan, Sassy Steph will be with us on next week's program. I'm so excited. Um Josie happens to be a good friend of mine, and uh, we're going to talk about, like you said, some um, behind the scenes that she sees being a wrestling photographer, and we're going to talk about her love of Colt Cabana. Uh, We'll switch gears a little bit and not talk about Caleb so much. I know that will thrill you to no end, Bob. Yeah, they just, uh, the hits just keep coming, don't they? We go from Have you listened to Caleb last week's Colt. show? What? <laughs> Have you listened to last week's show, the whole thing entire in its entirety? 
you know, Laura, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't get through it all. I, I couldn't. I just, between you and you and George and, and the, the, the never-ending Caleb Conley stories, I just I couldn't stomach it. There wasn't that many Caleb Conley stories, Bob, because actually, you know, the Tommy Thomas started talking about Caleb, so I had nothing to do with that. Well, whatever. Whatever. PWX doesn't even have a show this weekend, and we're talking about Caleb freaking Conley again. Maybe I'd have just changed <laughs> the name of the show to the Caleb Conley show. Well, you know, George and I were kicking that idea around. Um, oh, but, you know, we didn't think you would like it. <laughs> Never again will I take time off. Never again. <laughs> Leave everything in two capable oh. hands and everything takes a nosedive. <laughs> Terrible. And I know George Coles is listening. George, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Shame. I expected bigger things out of you, well, buddy. Well, I kept calling him... I kept calling him you for the first hour. I kept calling him Bob. I leave that impression on most people. <laughs> yes, you do. One of the cool things, folks, uh, <laughs> one of the cool things, uh, not tooting our own horn or anything like that, was uh, walking around WrestleCon and uh, having a few people walk up to me and say, do I know you from somewhere? And uh, I told some folks I would say, uh Say thanks. Uh, Jim from San Antonio, thank you very much. Uh, Chris and Kelly from Boston, thank you very much. And Sarah from North Carolina, thank you very much. Had uh, some folks walk up to me and say, you look familiar. Have I seen you somewhere before? And I'm like, no, you probably, maybe you've seen my picture or whatever. And then aren't you that guy that does that radio podcast thing on Wednesday night, something to do with the an armory or something, and yes, yeah, kind of something like that. So it's very nice to uh, to have listeners walk up to you and and say hello. And uh, it was nice to have uh, you know awesome. even some of the even some you know the wrestlers knowing what we do. Uh, we feel that we run a fair show on here. We ask questions that hopefully you guys want to uh, to have asked, and we try to get the answers to to those questions and. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the program, you know, we try to maintain a level of integrity. If there is a person that we're going to have on the show, we have that person on the show. You know, we, we're we not here to, to do anything by smoke and mirrors. It is what it is, folks. You know, we talk about independent wrestling. We book some guests, and we get them on, and, and we talk to them, and we treat everybody with respect. And, and that's how it works here. That that's 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 what we attribute to our success to, not my success by any stretch of the imagination, because uh, Laura is the heart and soul and the brains behind the entire operation. Pay no yeah. attention to the man behind the curtain. Okay, uh, <laughs> we, uh, Laura and I are truly humbled uh, by the response that we get from this show on a weekly basis, and we've said this before and we'll say it again. Without you, the listener, our show is absolutely just me and Laura talking about what we would talk about anyway which is indie wrestling. So if you've tuned in, you're listening to this on Blog Talk Radio, if you're listening to this on iTunes, we thank you very much for inviting us in to wherever you are for the two hours that we're on air every week. Uh, it is uh, it is truly an honor to think that people get something out of this show other than just me rambling on incoherently and Laura talking about Caleb Conley. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. But uh, 
I know we've got like three minutes left, but I would like to talk about another favorite of mine real quick, Cameron Cade. Go right ahead. I don't know if anyone saw I don't know if anyone saw the picture of Cameron Cade. Um, he was wrestling at Trans South this uh, weekend. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is his manager, and I don't know who he was wrestling, but whoever he was wrestling was trying to get him down um, for like a uh, roll-up um, and pulled his, the back of his trunks down and basically mooned the entire audience. And there were people there with like, you know, gasps and covering their face and I just want to say Cameron if you're listening that ever happens to me or when or to you rather when I'm at a show that you're there I won't be hiding my eyes I'll be pushing people out of the way get out of my way I gotta look so I just want to say that wow <laughs> for a minute I thought you were going to say that he got his two front teeth knocked out or then when he got rolled up and the guy held his trunks that he had a hairy ass or something like that but no <laughs> instead we've got Laura saying move out of the way I'm jumping in the ring and I'm going to take a picture and that's a true selfie Cameron the king of the selfie you showing your rear end to the entire crowd getting a picture of that putting it on Instagram that's what I call a selfie. Folks, we've had a great time here tonight. Uh, again, next week our guest will be Josie Morgan, uh, and Shine Star Sassy Steph will be with us. We thank you very much for being with us tonight. Uh, Laura, do you have anything that you want to say to the fans before we go? just want to say thank you all for uh, listening to us and staying with us. We've got some great stuff on the horizon. We're booked till July, and that's not bragging. It's just a fact. We're booked till July, and we've got some great guests coming up, including Mr. Cliff, 1859 Compton. So stay tuned, folks. You're not going to want to miss that. That's right. That's right. And just remember, folks, The Undertaker may be 21-1, but we're 14-0, and we'll be 15-0 come next week. Why? Because there is never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll see you next week, folks. Good night.